As a comprehensive healthcare company involved in prevention, diagnosis, and treatment, Fujifilm is committed to never stop innovating for a healthier world. For more information about Fujifilm, visit fujifilm.com forward slash US. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Sometimes on our show, we hear stories of women who make career changes after they receive a breast cancer diagnosis. Some of them finding that they want to chase passions, give back to others, or perhaps simply realign their priorities. It's less often, however, that we're joined by women who have devoted their entire careers to the field of breast cancer and then suddenly find themselves as a patient. We're lucky enough to be joined today by Tammy Hanley, National Senior Manager of Clinical Operations for Women's Health at Fujifilm Healthcare Americas Corporation and breast cancer survivor to hear her story and what it's like when your career passion turns personal. Tammy, welcome to the show. Hi. Well, first, uh, I love your choice of career. Thank you for the work that you've done. Um, but now let's let's talk about your background. Uh, tell our listeners about your role at Fujifilm Healthcare Americas Corporation and what your involvement has been like in the breast cancer space throughout your career. I am a National Senior Project Manager of Clinical Operations on the Women's Health Team with Fujifilm Healthcare Americas Corporation. And my role there, I once a sale of our Crystal, which is our mammography system, once we make that sale, it's turned over to me. I then check to make sure that we have everything to fulfill the order. Any third party involvement that we have, I request that those people get paid. I set up communication with the customer and begin, you know, kind of what what is their objective? What um, What are they looking to do for improvements? And then, you know, we kind of figure out what they need from us. And then I have the entire team to bring that to them. So I manage the installers. I manage the clinical applications team as well as the um, IT integrations. So we have all of these calls and make sure that we're all on the same page and that we're, you know, kind of bringing the customer along. Cause in some cases we're looking at facilities that are rural health. They're, they've never done MAMO before but um, the closest facility might be 30 minutes away. And so they want to put it in their local doctor's office. So then we help them through that. We work with a young lady that helps them with getting through the ACR and MQSA and all of those things. So we make sure that we understand the customer's needs. And then we start the process of installation we work with the medical physicist to make sure that the machine passes and it's ready to go. Then my trainers come in and train them. And th then they start using the, the system. And along the way, if they, you know, run into things that they need, we're there for them to help them, you know, to make sure that it's a good experience um, and that they understand all that Fujifilm uh, brings to their customers. Sounds like you're handling uh, quite a few moving parts there. Uh, I, I love yes. that. It's admirable. It's that it's a, you must be able to juggle <laughs> quite a bit. So, yes. well, well, so as I mentioned, you know, in the intro, you're also a breast cancer survivor. So I wonder, you know, can you tell us about your diagnosis? Was it recent? And what was it like 
receiving that diagnosis with, you know, your, your profession being in that space as well? Yeah. So my diagnosis was 2022, um, March, uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, March, March 31st, actually. And I went for my annual mammogram, which, you know, I do every year because I know the importance of it. It's, it's my job. Mm, um, I've been right. doing mammo since 1989. So I've been in the field for a long time. Um, I was in the Navy for 20 years and I've opened up programs in, you know, naval hospitals, one in Guam. I really understand the importance of it. I went for my annual mammogram and I got a call back, which is not unusual. Previously, I had had implants. I had an explant, and that was vanity. It wasn't, you know, any, I just didn't want the implants anymore. So I decided to explant. So I thought maybe scar tissue, something like that. When I walked in, I saw the mag tan set up. And knowing what it was and what it's used to image, I knew that, that they were looking at calcification. So, okay, that's not scar tissue. <laughs> so I did the mag views and the facility that I went to is 30 minutes away. And they, the doctor there knows that I'm mammography technologist, knows that I work for a medical imaging company. So he brought me in to show me my images. And he said, you know, honestly, they weren't there last year. They're very faint. I don't think it's anything. Their, their policy is not to follow calcifications, which is pretty standard. To not follow them is to just go ahead and biopsy. So they set me up for a biopsy, which was about a week and a half. So you're wondering for a week and a half. But again, I'm thinking I have no family history. No reason to think that I was going to um, have a positive biopsy. Right. And I was sitting at my desk doing my work. And the doctor called and said, I would have bet that it was nothing. And I would have lost. He said, um, you have DCIS, which in and of itself isn't horrible. DCIS is ductal carcinoma in side two. But then he said, however, it's high grade. And then your numbers for possible involvement of lymph nodes are also higher. So there's a percentage that they go by. And I was right at the edge of the higher percentage. So he said, I don't want you to wait because this could go from zero to a hundred in no time. He said, he said, you need to make decisions. However, I don't want you getting surgery in Paris. I live in Paris, close to Paris, Texas, it's a small town. <laughs> he said, I want you to go to Dallas. Okay. Gave me the name of a guy. I went in and I listened. You know, I just, I didn't want to go in with my own ideas of what I should do. I knew what I wanted to do, Okay, but I wanted to hear the options. I have a history of blood clots, so that took one option completely off the table. I can't have any hormone therapy. So because I also have a gene mutation for that. <laughs> so right, I'm the medical right, mess. Right. My other choices were chemo or not a chemo, sorry, radiation for five and five, which is extremely inconvenient when you're trying to manage a, a group of people to be running back and forth and not feeling great. So that okay, I want to go with a mastectomy said single. I said no, double. We're going, mm. we're going to do this. We're going to do it because I know that there's also a risk that I can get it in the other breast. Right. Have it once, have it again. Right. So I chose to have a double mastectomy and I don't regret that for one moment. So, now, you mentioned that you sort of, you sort of knew what you wanted to do, but at the same time, 
you wanted to hear the option, sort of keep an open mind. Um, what did, did you know what you wanted to do? I mean, sort of based on your professional, like long-term experience. And that was kind of the, the lens that you viewed it through. Is that why? Yes, absolutely. Just knowing the possibilities that, you know, once you have um, a diagnosis of breast cancer, that you can have it again, mm. it increases your risks. Um, I also found out some other things. I am Oskanazi, which also increases my risk factor. I didn't know I was. It's a low percentage, but it still is. I don't, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life looking over my shoulder. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those, you know, I got lucky this time. What happens next time? What if I have a different radiologist that doesn't see what this one saw? Right. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just that risk factor. And my husband was, my husband works offshore. So he was gone when I was diagnosed. I was here by myself with my dogs. He was, he knew that I had had the biopsy and he was fully supportive. He is definitely one of those people that got his hand on my back and helping me up the hill and not dragging me down it. So that's good. That's good. Glad glad you had that support. So I'm I'm curious. You know, you you've gone through treatment. Uh, what has work been like since then? I mean, do you, is there like a renewed sense of passion and, and awareness? Like what? Like tell me tell me what that's like. So you know, there's always the legislation that comes through that. Oh, we're going to do mammos at 40, at 50, at 60. Oh, you don't need them anymore. And it's, it's so confusing. And if anybody asks me, my answer is going to be, you should get your mammo every year. Mm. I don't, I don't care what a politician or, (laughs) you know, I mean, I am that person who had, I not had that mammo that year, my story would have been different. Mm. That's right. Yeah. We joke at work that, and there's another, we have another lady that, um, that I had that's on my same team. She's on the sales side that was diagnosed pretty much the same time. Wow. And hers was much, much more intense as far as what her treatment was because she was triple negative. And so she had to have chemo and could, you know, she's on Keytruda. And so there's a lot of things that, that she's dealing with, but because I have her and she has me, we have this bond that is when we both feel down and we start to question things because you do, you know, you get up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, did I make the right choice? Mm. I have her and she has me. So I have a lot of support. My team was incredibly supportive Mm. because I did have to go on short-term disability and they, my company was fantastic with it. They guided me through it. Management has been fantastic and supportive. I couldn't ask for a better team of people to work with in this situation. And they're so passionate about what they do. Yeah. But yeah, it has definitely, especially in the rural environment. Hmm. I mean, I've seen what happens when a a community that hasn't had mammo and hasn't, the people haven't gone and got their annual mammograms and they come in and they've got a cancer that's, you know, the size of a quarter. Mm, yeah. And it, right. it could have been prevented. Right. It's, right. That's right. It's preventable. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The cancer's not, but the, the outcomes are. Right. Know, the screening, the, reg- the regular yeah. screening helps us to, to catch it earlier. And, and then exactly. Uh, yeah. That's right. Now, uh, now in October, I understand that you attended the Massachusetts More Than Pink Walk as a part of Fujifilm's partnership with Komen. 
and understand that you had a mobile mammography coach there, which is amazing. Uh, I'd love to hear more about that and, and even go ahead and describe what a mobile mammography coach is for our listeners as well. Okay. So because we are so committed to women's health and education, we developed a relationship with SGK to bring our you know, coach and you know, the continued relationship there with you. I think you worked with Henry previously, mm -hmm. yep. but as part of that partnership, we did attend the more than pink and I was there for that. And some of my coworkers, the other lady that I spoke about, she was there as well, but we brought our coach to the more than peak walk, pink walk in Cambridge, Massachusetts in October. And we allowed women to come on and see the coach and a mobile coach often is used to get to rural communities. In our case, it's um, more of a marketing tool. It's not, we can't do uh, patients on it. There's a lot that goes with that. But we wanted to show the people that were there at the coach with our Aspire to be Fearless mobile coach that, that give them the opportunity to come in and look at our innovations for breast cancer. Uh, we've been committed to it for the Aspire Crystal since 2019, but we were also one of the first, uh, we were the first adapter to bring CRM, which was a type of technology. So we've been involved with breast cancer for a long time and on uh, mm. the film side as well. So although our Aspire Crystal is newer, we've been involved for, with a very long time. And the vehicle has a waiting room in it. So it kind of gives them a feel of what it's going to be like on a mobile coach. There's a uh, dressing rooms and our latest breast imaging solutions with our three, 3D mammography, our mobile coach has a PAX workstation on it so we can show what images look like. During our coach stops that we do across the country, providers will come in to look at our image quality as well as let the technologists come in and look at our comfort features, which is one of the things that we're most proud of is our comfort features. It's a great coach. It's, it shows very well. Yeah. It's got a TV in there. Ah. So, <laughs> it's, always, it's always a plus. That's always a plus. Yeah. Okay. All right. But it shows right. our videos and shows our technology. Yeah. So it's a, it's yeah. a really good, a good thing to be able to give yeah. people an idea of what all that we offer for women's health. For sure. For sure. So, so speaking of technology, um, I wonder, you know, what are some of the ways that you see technology being able to help break through some of the barriers to screening? Like I was saying before, we have a lot of comfort features. So one of the biggest barriers, of course, is the fear of pain because, you know, I heard from my grandma, I heard from my mom, they hear, oh, it's so painful. It's seconds. It's literally seconds. But um, we've developed some techniques with comfort. We have one feature is called Comfort Comp, and it allows us to re release a little bit of the compression in the breast while still maintaining the actual millimeters of compression. So the force is less, but the millimeters of compression is the same. It's kind of like a, we use the memory foam kind of as an example for that. And then we also have comfort paddles that conform to the breast. So it's not just a paddle that can be used on three or four patients, and then everybody else gets a not so comfortable mammo. We can use it on everybody. And then the small percentage that we can't, then we can use comfort comp. And then we do things like mood lighting and nice pretty wrap for aesthetics. So we've really 
focused on comfort because that's one of the biggest fears. You know, and then that's of good. course you have AI technology, which is something that is getting a lot of focus in the news, some bad, some good, but that AI technology and the, that in conjunction with DBT, which is the Tomo breast option, those together, low dose, all of those things together make it so that the radiologist has a clear picture of what's going on and can do an accurate read reduce the false positives. Right. That's great. I love it. I love it. it sounds like a, a lot of emerging technology to help uh, help with screening. Yeah. And it's a constantly, it, it's, I mean, it's the whole never stop with yeah. Fuji is, is 100% accurate. I love it. I love that. So my next question, Tammy, you know, studies show that up to half of all women have dense breasts. Um, so what does it mean to have dense breasts? And then what's the best form of screening for those patients? This dense breasts are fibrous tissue that hold the breast tissue to get in place. And it's the, all the glandular tissue, the milk ducts and all the, um, the, lobe, the lobes within the breast. And so all of that tissue can overlap and it, there's less fatty tissue which is much easier to see through. Mm. So you could think of it like steel wool in a glass of water. You can see the fats, the water, and you can see around that, but you really can't see through that steel wool. Oh, it's okay. It's kind of, you know, that dense thing that's in the middle of that water. Right. So with that being said, those women are at a higher risk of things being missed. Now, things mm. like the digital breast homosynthesis will help with that because there's a separation of tissue there. So they can see the different, it's basically like a CAT scan where you have, you know, layers. So they can see through, see through things a little bit better there. There's also MRI that helps. Mm, right. That AI that I talked about earlier will help with the breast tissue you know, with dense, some, some patients who are extremely dense, that's usually their, what they do on an annual basis mm. is the MRI, but that's costly, hard to find. It requires a breast coil. People think, oh, I get to lay down for it. It's can be just as uncomfortable. You also have people that are claustrophobic, so they can't have those MRI screenings without being medicated. So there's that whole piece. So some of the things that we've done to address breast tissue density is that we have a technology that's called dynamic visualization for mammography. And what it does is it looks at the breast as its part. So it looks at the skin line. It looks at the pectoral muscle. It looks at the fatty tissue. It looks at the, that dense breast tissue and it kind of makes it so that you can almost see through it. So it's like you pulled that steel wool steel wool apart a little bit and you say, oh, there's that little, you know, BB that I put in there. I can now see it. That technology is there for Fuji as well as the AI because AI will pick up on those subtle changes and nuances. There's also technology that identifies patients now as it's not just an opinion of a radiologist that says this is a dense breast. It's actually weighing it against people as a whole. 
So it's looking at those dense, the density values, and they're giving that information to the patient that's actually right. required in a lot of states. So those women know, I have dense breasts. I need to ask questions. Right. Why, why am I, what, what are you doing to, to make sure that I get the best mammo that I'm getting? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would imagine just knowing that and, and knowing that you might need to ask additional questions is, is incredibly empowering. And I would imagine very, very helpful. So I really yeah. appreciate you, you sharing that. So, uh, all right. So Tammy, um, I would imagine that it's empowering being on the front lines of, of, of this uh, issue of breast cancer. And so again, I mean, thank you for the work that you're doing. I think it's so important. Um, and I love this kind of just being able to talk through the technology of this because I think that's the 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 continued advancement of technology is also just so so critically important. So so I wonder, um, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Any any advice that you'd like to share with our listeners from your experience? That mammographies are important. They're the only consistent screening tool at this time. We have other things, but mammos it. It's available. Get your mammo. Don't wait. It's our opportunity to give back time to our families and to beat this monster that, you know, there's, it doesn't seem to be, there's a, there's no way to stop it from occurring at this point that hasn't been there, but we can stop it in its tracks and treat it. It doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't need to hurt go get your mammos. That's right. Mammograms can, can catch it early. And that is by far the best thing uh, that can ever happen is to, to keep able to catch that early. So, well, Tammy, I really appreciate, again, just last, the, I appreciate the work you're doing, appreciate the work that Fujifilm is doing. And uh, thank you for sharing your story and for joining us on the show today. Thank you. As a comprehensive healthcare company involved in prevention, diagnosis, and treatment, Fujifilm is committed to never stop innovating for a healthier world. For more information about Fujifilm, please visit fujifilm.com forward slash US. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.